0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the Wharton School enjoys the opportunity to invite executive leaders to come in and speak with current students on a variety of topics. As part of that, the Wharton Leadership Lectures Series provides a great resource to better understand what the idea of leadership means to executives today and how it impacts them on a daily basis. The most recent in that series involves Lloyd Howell Jr., who is Executive Vice President, Chief Financial Officer, and Treasurer for Booz Allen Hamilton. He is also a 1988 graduate of the University of Pennsylvania in the Engineering School. It's a pleasure to have him joining us here in studio. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming Thank in. Thank you very much.
1: Thank Good to you. be here.
0: So, in this scope of uh, of business and industry, and obviously part of that is Booz Allen Hamilton, but, but what is your belief in terms of what leadership means in this day and age?
1: Yeah, a lot has obviously been written on it for many years. In fact, when I was in business school, we studied the different styles of leadership and what's been successful and what's not been successful. To me, at the very core of it is uh, setting objectives, motivating a disparate group uh, toward that common set of objectives, and then achieving or exceeding them. Um, There are lots of styles to leadership that one can apply depending on the circumstances, but at the end of the day, it's the motivation of uh, a group uh, toward that common set of objectives. How do you see that play out then using your company specifically with Booz Allen Hamilton? Well, we are, like any large publicly traded corporation, have uh, disparate parts uh, that comprise our business. Uh, And each one of those uh, markets uh, faces its own set of challenges, and as they, the leaderships of those businesses, are setting their goals, um, I really see my job as synthesizing those goals, coming up with this common set of of metrics as well as uh, longer-term metrics, and then motivating and working with my colleagues to uh, achieve that. Uh, And so it constantly involves trade-offs. It constantly is pointing to what's our North Star. It's constantly about uh, what um, sacrifices any one leader may need to make for the common good. Uh, And from time to time, uh, it creates conflicts. But uh, I think the sign of a a good leadership team is still not lose sight of the common objective and aim at that.
0: So when you look at your professional career then, what are the elements that maybe you have seen – come along through the course of your path that have helped you kind of develop the style and the, and the leadership qualities that, that you're
1: using today? Uh, many things. Uh, early in my career, when I worked at uh, Goldman Sachs, uh, you know, seeing uh, conflict uh, resolution, negotiations, uh, that was a part of uh, my Wall Street experience. And up to that point, I had, had really had little to limited experience with that or exposure. Uh, fast forward to my years at Booz Allen. Uh, it's not only uh, maintaining uh, the sort of uh, the skills and adapting those skills in terms of those previous areas, but it's also how do you put together a team? Uh, how do you uh, uh, leverage off of people's strengths, minimize or lessen their weaknesses? And then over, over a period of time, how does that group of people become a team and uh, really exceed even our own expectations.
0: Well, that's a topic we've talked about on this channel, is the the team building and and the process of bringing that team together. And I think the expectation at the core may be the same, but it feels like there has been a shift over the course of time of what the expectation is of how you put that team together, of the types of people that you want to have put that team together.
1: Right. Well, I think that's a reflection of the fact that uh, the world today and the business uh, businesses of today are, are so much more complex than uh, maybe uh, what was appreciated in the past. Uh, I think the when I entered the, the, the job market, uh, the notion of a triple threat, sort of the renaissance executive leader was the model, that someone who could do everything well. Well, the reality is that uh, no one individual can do everything well. And what that, uh, I think, has led to is uh, the collection of individuals who may be specialists, but how do you get the collection to work as a team? And now there's much more emphasis on putting together the team, figuring out what skills uh, are required, figuring out what weaknesses, um, acknowledging what those weaknesses are so that you can um, figure out a way to address it. And I think that is where we are today and will be for some time going forward. Well, Booz Allen Hamilton does a, a good bit
0: of work with the military. A, and I find that interesting when you're talking about the concept of leadership, because obviously that's something that's seen as kind of a core component uh, of, uh, you know, of being a part of the military. And I would imagine for a company like Booz Allen Hamilton, it's it's a core component of working with the military in a variety of different ways.
1: Absolutely. Um, but today... Uh, Our military, you know, faces a different um, landscape when it comes to conflict and conducting um, their missions. Um, No longer the the notion of a world war, pick a number, uh, reality, it's much different. Um, Today, cyber security, cyber warfare uh, is what all of the departments and agencies are are grappling with, both in terms of the talent required to execute that, and then also the support so we, in turn, um, being a, a significant uh, support to the military, have to uh, provide the staff, the resources, the capabilities that are reflective of what DOD is looking for. So you're right. We, we are sort of the mirror image of our clients in the sense of what they need uh, to accomplish their missions, and at the same time, uh, draw upon other experiences and bring that to um, you know our client work. So cross functional cross market bring it to all the li- lessons and insights to our clients so that they're able to uh, be effective in what they're trying to do well
0: i would think that you know the military and working with the military is 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 probably one aspect but i would imagine there's core components when you're working with any federal agency across the across the scope
1: oh for sure I, you know no longer is the market siloed in the sense that uh, a military client only wants military insights. They want to know, how's Wall Street thinking? You know, what's the IRS doing? How are they addressing um, this particular challenge? And what we try to do, along with others in our, in our sector, is bring in those insights to help the, that particular client grapple with whatever their challenge is. You're going to be speaking with a, a variety of students here, and, and I'd be interested to get your
0: viewpoint on what you think the most important need for the college student is obviously getting the experience in this case here at the university of pennsylvania at the wharton school but what they need to be thinking about as they're starting to kind of put their game plan together of of heading off into the into the business world
1: yeah you know it's it's as i was thinking about uh today and the messages and probably the questions that i that I'll, i'll receive um this is this is top of mind um i think when i was here as an undergrad Uh, I tended to think about the future in very linear uh, (laughs) progression. Yeah, You know, first you get your undergraduate degree, then you get a good job, you're there for two years, then you get an MBA, and then um, you ultimately land wherever you're you're trying to get to. Um, The reality is that uh, the lateral and the horizontal experience are just as important, maybe even more important than the horizontal um, or the vertical progression. What do I mean? Understanding sort of the technology aspects of your particular field, uh, having some exposure to that, understanding the operational aspects of how does stuff get done, um, understanding uh, all the other stakeholders, whether it's through a marketing lens or or sales, all of that are building blocks toward being an effective leader in the future. And that can happen in just sort of a more linear, traditional, vertical uh, progression, but... Uh, today, I think business is leveraging multiple insights from multiple experiences. And back to your earlier questions, how do I assemble a team? Uh, for an undergraduate today to be thinking more along those lines, I think, would be both beneficial and then also help in terms of ultimately where do you want to be and what do you need to learn along the way? So do you think then, and again, this may be you know just a little bit of a
0: perspective question, is do you think that that students today maybe are starting to have a better idea of thinking along those lines of not just thinking two years beyond when they get the degree, but thinking potentially 10, 15, 20 years.
1: Hard to that say, point. hard to yeah. say. I, I have, uh, two, uh, young adults of, of my own and <laughs> we end up in these types of, uh, conversations and I'm always encouraging them to think about building blocks and how you're ultimately trying to build that, that, that career, um, for, uh, younger generation of uh, folks that are at our firm, um, there's an impatience level that probably I you know, had myself when I first joined, but it's a more or less on a clock. Like, I'm only going to do this for a year and a half, then I'm going to do that. And whether it's at our firm or another firm is kind of immaterial. I would encourage folks to have first the understanding of where they ultimately want to be. And then what are the series of exposures or um, experience that they want to have to get there. And they may find that uh, a, an initial employer can provide all of that, uh, but it takes a little bit more time, or yeah. uh, have a little bit more patience. And it may not be uh, as sequential as uh, initially desired. So introducing more flexibility, acknowledging that uh, things don't necessarily work on a rigid clock, uh, and then but stay true to where you're ultimately trying to go. I think, is sort of the the uh, dynamic in today's workforce. But you're also seeing more and more companies that are very aware
0: of the value of, of reaching that employee in a quicker fashion, in a more fulfilling fashion.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we ourselves uh, have invested heavily on internship programs, uh, recruiting uh, changes uh, to our processes, uh, and then our development programs once uh, folks uh, join us. And I think that is happening across the marketplace everywhere. Um, people coming out of undergraduate today are so much smarter, so much more experienced than uh, I would say previous uh uh, graduates. And everyone wants to capture and leverage that and apply it. Uh, so what you, I think we see now in the job market is uh, rotation programs, redeployment programs to really uh, make that uh, that workforce sticky uh, for a much longer time than they would be otherwise. How important then is the issue of diversity
0: when you're thinking about the buildup of a team? Because I think more and more, whether it be the company or a division of a company, feels that it's important to have as much diversity as you can because of you know, thought process, uh, of ideas that are being brought to the table, and ultimately the success of, of completing said project down the road.
1: Yeah, I, I, at our firm, uh, it's critically important, and we try to um, you know, walk the talk. Uh, at our board level, we have uh, five female directors uh, out of a total of uh, 11 at right, our executive uh, management team, we have uh, six women uh, out of a total of ten, uh, and uh, the, you know people of color are also uh, a part of that. Um, you know, two African Americans at the board, uh, and and certainly we're looking to to improve upon that, not just for the African American community, but also uh, other underrepresented classes. We think that's just one dimension to it. It's also diversity of thought diversity of experiences. Uh, We comprise our uh, engagement teams uh, as diverse as we can make it, both in terms of years of experience uh, down to some of the other more traditional categories that I just mentioned. And the market is rewarding us for that. Uh, So when we are in a competitive bid process, uh, it's been more than once that uh, the evaluators have said, hey, look, you guys look like us. You're a reflection. And we like the fact that Not everyone's sort of fitting just one uh, mode. And so that is, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, sort of how we rack and stack performance. But uh, we also have found benefits uh, in terms of our culture, um, the fact that we have a rich set of experiences that the team is learning from one another. And uh, we believe that. It keeps people um, close as well as they want to continue to work at, at our institution. Is that something that it, that
0: mindset and, and thinking about diversity that comes up when you're talking about the, the process of working with a federal agency? Because, you no, know, that's been a topic of conversation regarding all agencies of thinking about what those dynamics are of the people that are going to be working with the the, the DOD or Treasury or, or different elements of the, of the government.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we uh, have been in, a, in the federal market for over 80 years with uh, some of our long, uh, long-time uh, clients. And we have grown up with them, and we've also seen um, you know, the demographics of those clients change over time. Yeah. Uh, and hand-in-hand hand with that, as technology becomes more and more uh, paramount or top of mind with those clients, we've also kept pace with that. So when we think about diversity, it's really... Where is the client today? What do they need to be doing? And what's the best team we can put on the field to kind of help them execute against that? And so if it's a, excuse the stereotype, you know, the hooded hacker coupled with the four-star retired general, that is (laughs) going to be completely compelling to the client today because they recognize that the four-star general brings in the understanding of the domain, um, the strategy, uh, the politics, but the individual knows really what's going on in cybersecurity brings exactly what is needed today, and the combination of the two um, in that particular example is really what's been compelling. Lloyd, great meeting you, and uh, likewise, great to
0: have you back on campus for a little while. Great to be here. Thank you. Lloyd Hal Jr., who is Executive Vice President, Chief Financial Officer, and Treasurer at Booz Allen Hamilton.